0: For the Love of Reading, featuring selections from novels, complete short stories, poetry, and non-fiction, read for you by Linda Pack. The beloved children's book Winnie the Pooh by A. A. Milne came into public domain in 2022, opening a window into a world of wonder that spans generations, It is a tremendous thing for all of us who love the stories of our favorite bear, and I am going to read some of them for you. And prompted by this news, and just as wonderful, a previously unknown Pooh poem has come to light, a poem written in a time of war by a young man who had grown up with Winnie the Pooh from its very first publication. Through the generosity of this man's son, at the end of this episode, I will have the privilege of reading for you the exclusive world premiere of that special poem and also A. A. Milne's personal response to it. But first, let us enter the world where it all began. Imagine, as you listen, that you were born in the year 1920 which was only two years after the end of World War I. In 1924, when you were only four years old, a book of poems called When We Were Very Young came out. Here is an abridged version of that book's dedication, written by A. A. Milne for his son. To Christopher Robin Milne, this book, which owes so much to him, is now humbly offered. Just before we begin, all I can say now is that if it hadn't been for Christopher Robin, I shouldn't have written this book. So this is why these verses go about together, because they're all friends of Christopher Robin. And if I left out one because it was not quite like the one before, then I should have to leave out the one before because it was not quite like the next which would be disappointing for them. So you might also say that this book is entirely the unaided work of Christopher Robin and Mr. Shepherd, who drew the pictures, which, by the way, are absolutely charming. And when we're not listening to this, you should go look at those pictures. They're wonderful. They have said thank you politely to each other several times, and now they say it to you. For taking them into your house. Thank you so much for asking us. We've come. And we do thank you, Mr. Milne, and Mr. Shepherd, and Christopher Robin. <laughs> now, one of my favorite poems from when we were very young is simply called Happiness. John had great big waterproof boots on. John had a great big waterproof hat. "'John had a great big waterproof Macintosh. "'And that,' said John, "'is that.'" Mr. Milne first introduced the world to Mr. Edward Bear in that very same book in a poem called "'Teddy Bear.'" "'A bear, however hard he tries, "'grows tubby without exercise,' "'Our teddy bear is short and fat, which is not to be wondered at. "'He gets what exercise he can by falling off the ottoman, "'but generally seems to lack the energy to clamber back. "'Now, tubbiness is just the thing which gets a fellow wondering, "'and Teddy worried lots about the fact that he was rather stout. "'He thought, if only I were thin, but how does any one begin?' he thought, it really isn't fair to grudge me exercise and air. For many weeks he pressed in vain his nose against the windowpane and envied those who walked about reducing their unwanted stout. None of the people he could see is quite, he said, as fat as me. Then, with a still more moving sigh, "'I mean,' he said, "'as fat as I.'" Now Teddy, as is only right, slept in the ottoman at night, and with him crowded in as well more animals than I can tell. Not only these, but books and things such as a kind relation brings, old tales of once upon a time and history retold in rhyme. One night, it happened that he took a peep at an old picture book, wherein he came across, by chance, the picture of a king of France, a stoutish man. And down below, these words, King Louis so-and-so, nicknamed the handsome. There he sat, and think of it, the man was fat. Our bear rejoiced like anything to read about this famous king, nicknamed the handsome. There he sat, and certainly the man was fat, nicknamed the handsome. Not a doubt the man was definitely stout. Why then, a bear for all his tub might yet be named the handsome cub might yet be named. Or did he mean that years ago he might have been? For now he felt a slight misgiving. Is Louis so-and-so still living? Fashions and beauty have a way of altering from day to day. Is handsome Louis with us yet? Unfortunately, I forget. One morning, nose to window pane the doubt occurred to him again. One question hammered in his head. Is he alive or is he dead? Thus, nose to pain, he pondered, but the lattice window, loosely shut, swung open. With one startled, oh, our teddy disappeared below. There happened to be passing by a plump man with a twinkling eye who, seeing Teddy in the street, raised him politely to his feet and murmured kindly in his ear soft words of comfort and of cheer. Well, well, allow me, not at all, tut-tut, a very nasty fall. Our Teddy answered not a word. It's doubtful if he even heard... Our bear could only look and look. The stout man in the picture book, that handsome king. Could this be he, this man of adiposity? Impossible, he thought, but still no harm in asking. Yes, I will. Are you, he said, by any chance, his majesty, the king of France?" The other answered, I am that, bowed stiffly, and removed his hat. Then said, Excuse me, with an air, but is it Mr. Edward Bear? And Teddy, bending very low, replied politely, Even so, beneath the window there, the king and Mr. Edward Bear, and handsome, if a trifle fat, talked carelessly of this and that, and then said his majesty, "'Well, well, I must get on,' and rang the bell. "'Your bear, I think,' he smiled. "'Good day!' he turned and went upon his way. "'A bear, however hard he tries, grows tubby without exercise.' Our teddy bear is short and fat, which is not to be wondered at. But do you think it worries him to know that he is far from slim? No, just the other way about, he's proud of being short and stout. That poem was called Teddy Bear, from the book When We Were Very Young by A. A. Milne. That is the very beginning of our and your lifelong friendship with Winnie the Pooh. In 1926, Mr. A. A. Milne published a book of stories called Winnie the Pooh. The very next year when you, who were born in 1920, were all of six years old, Mr. Milne published another book, this one of poetry, called Now We Are Six. And the very next year after that, Mr. Milne published more stories about our dear bear and his friends in a book called The House at Pooh Corner. And you read them all over and over and over again. Or perhaps they were read to you, as I'm going to do. And Pooh and his friends became your friends, just like Pooh's very best friend, Christopher Robin. So now keeping your ears and mind open, eager to enter an imaginary and very loving world, let us begin Winnie the Pooh at Chapter 1, in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear coming downstairs now, bump, 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 on the back of his head, Behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way, if only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom, and ready to be introduced to you, Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you are going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Well, then you can't call him Winnie. I don't, but you said he's Winnie Pooh. Don't you know what ther means? Yes, now I do, I said quickly, and I hope you do too, because it is all the explanation you are going to get. Sometimes Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs, and sometimes he likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story, said Christopher Robin. What about a story, I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So I tried. And so begins the stories. Now you will meet Pooh's friend Piglet in Chapter 3, in which Pooh and Piglet go hunting and nearly catch a woozle. The piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree, and the beech tree was in the middle of the forest, and the piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespasser's W on it. When Christopher Robin asked the piglet what it meant, He said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said, you couldn't be called Trespassers W. And Piglet said, yes, you could, because his grandfather was. And it was short for Trespassers Will, which was short for Trespassers William. And his grandfather had had two names in case he lost one, Trespassers "'after an uncle, and William after trespassers. "'I've got two names,' said Christopher Robin carelessly. "'Well then, there you are. That proves it,' said Piglet. "'On a fine winter's day, "'when Piglet was brushing away the snow in front of his house, "'he happened to look up, and there was Winnie the Pooh. Pooh was walking round and round in a circle, "'thinking of something else,' And when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. Hello, said Piglet. What are you doing? Hunting, said Pooh. Hunting what? Tracking something, said Winnie the Pooh very mysteriously. Tracking what? said Piglet, coming closer. That's just what I ask myself. I ask myself, what? "'What do you think you'll answer?' "'I shall have to wait until I catch up with it,' said Winnie the Pooh. "'Now look there!' he pointed to the ground in front of him. "'What do you see there?' "'Tracks,' said Piglet. "'Paw marks!' He gave a little squeak of excitement. "'Oh, Pooh! Do you think it's a... 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 woozle?' "'It may be!' said Pooh. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. You can never tell with paw marks. With these few words, he went on tracking, and Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie the Pooh had come to a sudden stop and was bending over the tracks in a puzzled sort of way. What's the matter? asked Piglet. It's a very funny, but there seem to be two animals now. This, whatever it was, has been joined by another, whatever it is, and the two of them are now proceeding in company. Would you mind coming with me, Piglet, in case they turn out to be hostile animals? Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way and said that he had nothing to do until Friday, and would be delighted to come, in case it really was a woozle. You mean, in case it is really two woozles, said Winnie the Pooh, and Piglet said that, anyhow, he had nothing to do until Friday. So, off they went together. There was a small spinney of larch trees just there, and it seemed as if the two woozles if that is what they were, had been going round this spinny. So round this spinny went Pooh and Piglet after them, Piglet passing the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking, and how his grandfather, Trespassers W., had suffered in his later years from shortness of breath and other matters of interest, and Pooh was wondering... "'what a grandfather was like, "'and if perhaps this was two grandfathers they were after now, "'and if so, whether he would be allowed to take one home and keep it, "'and what Christopher Robin would say.' "'And still the tracks went on in front of them. "'Suddenly, Winnie-the-Pooh stopped "'and pointed excitedly in front of him. "'Look! What?' said Piglet with a jump. And then to show that he hadn't been frightened, he jumped up and down once or twice more in an exercising sort of way. The tracks! A third animal has joined the other two. Pooh! Do you think it is another woozle? No, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and one, as it might be, whizzle. "'or two, as it might be, whizzles, and one, if so it is, woozle. "'Let us continue to follow them.' "'So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, "'in case the three animals in front of them were of hostile intent.' And Piglet wished very much that his grandfather, T.W., were there instead of elsewhere. And Pooh thought how nice it would be if they met Christopher Robin suddenly, but quite accidentally, and only because he liked Christopher Robin so much. And then, all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever before in his life, There were four animals in front of them. "'Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks! Three, as it were, woozles, and one, as it was, whizzle. Another woozle has joined them!' And so it seemed to be. There were the tracks, crossing over each other here, getting muddled up with each other there, but quite plainly, every now and then, the tracks of four sets of paws. I think, said Piglet, when he had licked the tip of his nose, too, and found that it brought very little comfort, I think that I have just remembered something. I have just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday and shan't be able to do tomorrow so I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now we'll do it this afternoon and I'll come with you said Pooh oh, it isn't the sort of thing you can do in the afternoon said Piglet quickly it's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning and if possible between the hours of what would you say the time was About twelve. Between, as I was saying, the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me, what's that? Pooh looked up at the sky, and then, as he heard the whistle again, looked up into the branches of a big oak tree, and then he saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin, he said and you'll be all right you'll be quite safe with him goodbye and piglet trotted off home as quickly as he could very glad to be out of all danger again christopher robin came slowly down his tree silly old bear what were you doing First, you went round the spinny twice by yourself, and then Piglet ran after you, and you went down around together again, and then you were just going around a fourth time. Wait a moment, said Winnie the Pooh, holding up his paw. He sat down and thought, in the most thoughtful way he could think. Then he fitted his paw into one of the tracks, and then he scratched his nose twice and stood up. "'Yes,' said Winnie the Pooh. "'I see now,' said Winnie the Pooh. "'I have been foolish and deluded, "'and I am a bear of no brain at all.' "'You're the best bear in all the world,' "'said Christopher Robin soothingly. "'Am I?' said Pooh, hopefully. "'And then he brightened up suddenly. "'Anyhow,' he said, It is nearly luncheon time. So he went home for it. And that is the end of chapter three. Now, as you read these stories, you soon come to understand that Pooh is a poet and a composer of little hums and tunes which he likes to sing to himself as suits the occasion. Here is one from chapter seven. Who calls it lines written by a bear of very little brain. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now is it true or is it not that what is which and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue, And I have nothing else to do. I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and hoarfrost twinkles in the trees, how very readily one sees that these are whose. "'But whose are these?' Now, let's go on to Chapter 9, where we meet another friend who lives in the forest, Owl. Chapter 9, in which Piglet is entirely surrounded by water. "'It rained and it rained,' And it rained. Piglet told himself that never in all his life, and he was goodness how old, three was it, four, never had he seen so much rain, days and days and days. If only, he thought as he looked out of the window, I had been in Pooh's house or Christopher Robin's house when it began to rain. Then I should have had company all this time instead of being here all alone with nothing to do except wonder when it will stop. And he imagined himself with Pooh, saying, Did you ever see such rain, Pooh? And Pooh saying, Isn't it awful, Piglet? And Piglet saying, I wonder how it is over Christopher Robin's way. It would have been jolly to talk like this. And really, it wasn't much good having anything exciting like floods if you couldn't share them with somebody. For it was rather exciting. The little dry ditches in which Piglet had nosed about so often had become streams. The little streams... "'across which he had splashed were rivers, "'and the river between whose steep banks "'they had played so happily "'had sprawled out of its own bed "'and was taking up so much room everywhere "'that Piglet was beginning to wonder "'whether it would be coming into his bed soon. "'It's a little anxious,' he said to himself, "'to be a very small animal "'entirely surrounded by water.' Christopher Robin and Pooh could escape by climbing trees. An owl could escape by flying. And here am I, surrounded by water, and I can't do anything. It went on raining, and every day the water got a little higher until now it was nearly up to Piglet's window. And still, he hadn't done anything. There's Pooh he thought to himself. Pooh hasn't got much brain, but he never comes to any harm. He does silly things, and they turn out right. There's Owl. Owl hasn't exactly got brain, but he knows things. He would know the right thing to do when surrounded by water. But I wonder what Christopher Robin would do. Then suddenly... He remembered a story which Christopher Robin had told him about a man on a desert island who had written something in a bottle and thrown it in the sea. And Piglet thought that if he wrote something in a bottle and threw it in the water, perhaps somebody would come and rescue him. He left the window and began to search his house, all of it that wasn't underwater. And at last he found a pencil and a small piece of dry paper and a bottle with a cork to it. And he wrote on one side of the paper, help, piglet, me. And on the other side, it's me, piglet, help, help. Then he put the paper in the bottle And he corked the bottle up as tightly as he could. And he leaned out of the window as far as he could lean without falling in. And he threw the bottle as far as he could throw. Splash! And in a little while, it bobbed up again on the water. And he watched it floating slowly away in the distance until his eyes ached with looking. And sometimes he thought it was the bottle. And sometimes he thought it was just a ripple on the water which he was following. And then suddenly he knew that he would never see it again and that he had done all he could to save himself. So now, somebody else will have to do something. And I hope they do it soon. Because if they don't, I shall have to swim, which I can't. So, I hope they do it soon. (sighs) Ah... I wish Pooh were here. It's so much more friendly with two. When the rain began, Pooh was asleep. It rained and it rained and it rained and he slept and he slept and he slept. He had had a tiring day. He was so tired when he got home that in the very middle of his supper, after he had been eating for little more than half an hour, he fell fast asleep in his chair and slept and slept and slept. He was dreaming until suddenly he woke up with an oh! And there he was sitting in his chair with his feet in the water and the water all around him. He splashed to his door and looked out. This is curious said Pooh. I must have an escape. So he took his largest pot of honey and escaped with it to a broad branch of his tree well above the water. Then he climbed down again and escaped with another pot and when the whole escape was finished there was Pooh sitting on his branch dangling his legs and there beside him were ten pots of honey. Two days later, there was Pooh sitting on his branch, dangling his legs, and there beside him were four pots of honey. Three days later, there was Pooh sitting on his branch, dangling his legs, and there beside him was one pot of honey. Four days later, there was Pooh... And it was on the morning of the fourth day that Piglet's bottle came floating past him and with one loud cry of honey, Pooh plunged into the water, seized the bottle and struggled back up to his tree again. Bother, said Pooh as he opened it. All that wet for nothing. What's that bit of paper doing? He took it out and looked at it. It's a message, he said to himself. That's what it is. And that letter is a P, and so is that, and so is that. And P means poo, so is a very important message to me, and I can't read it. I must find Christopher Robin, or Owl, or Piglet, One of those clever readers who can read things and they will tell me what this message means. Only I can't swim. Bother. Then he had an idea. And I think that for a bear of very little brain, it was a good idea. He said to himself, If a bottle can float, then a jar can float. And if a jar floats, I can sit on top of it if it's a very big jar. So he took his biggest jar and corked it up. All boats have to have a name, so I shall call mine the Floating Bear. And with these words, he dropped his boat into the water and jumped in after it. For a little while, Pooh and the Floating Bear were uncertain as to which of them was meant to be on the top. But after trying one or two different positions, they settled down with the floating bear underneath and Pooh triumphantly astride it, paddling furiously with his feet. Christopher Robin lived at the very top of the forest. It rained and it rained and it rained, but the water couldn't come up to his house. It was rather jolly to look down into the valleys and see the water all round him, but it rained so hard that he stayed indoors most of the time and thought about things. Every morning, he went out with his umbrella and put a stick in the place where the water came up to, and every next morning, he went out and couldn't see his stick any more, so he put another stick in the place where the water came up to and then walked home again, and each morning, he had a shorter walk to walk to than he had the morning before. On the morning of the fifth day, he saw the water all round him and he knew that for the first time in his life, he was on a real island, which was very exciting. It was on this morning that Owl came flying over the water to say, How do you do? to his friend Christopher Robin. I say, Owl, isn't this fun? I'm on an island. The atmospheric conditions have been very unfavorable lately, said Owl. The what? It has been raining, explained Owl. Yes, said Christopher Robin, it has. The flood level has reached an unprecedented height. The who? There's a lot of water about, explained Owl. Yes, said Christopher Robin. There is. However, the prospects are rapidly becoming more favorable at any moment. Have you seen Pooh? No, at any moment. I hope he's all right. I've been wondering about him. I expect piglets with him. Do you think they're all right, Owl? I expect so, you see, at any moment. Do go and see, Owl, because Pooh hasn't got very much brain and he might do something silly, and I do love him so, Owl. Do you see, Owl? That's all right, I'll go back directly. And he flew off. In a little while, he was back again. Pooh isn't there, he said. Not there. Has been there. He's been sitting on a branch of his tree outside his house with nine pots of honey. But he isn't there now. Oh, Pooh, cried Christopher Robin. Where are you? Here I am. Pooh! "'and they rushed into each other's arms. "'How did you get here, Pooh?' asked Christopher Robin "'when he was ready to talk again. "'On my boat,' said Pooh proudly. "'I had a very important message sent me in a bottle, "'and owing to having got some water in my eyes, "'I couldn't read it, so I brought it to you on my boat.' With these proud words, he gave Christopher Robin the message. "'But it's from Piglet!' cried Christopher Robin when he'd read it. "'Isn't there anything about Pooh in it?' asked Bear, looking over his shoulder. Christopher Robin read the message aloud. "'Oh, are those peas, Piglets? I thought they were Poohs.' "'We must rescue him at once. I thought he was with you, Pooh.' "'Owl, could you rescue him on your back?' "'I don't think so,' said Owl, after grave thought. "'It is doubtful, if the necessary dorsal muscles, "'then would you fly to him at once and say that rescue is coming, "'and Pooh and I will think of a rescue and come back as quick as ever we can. "'Oh, don't talk, Owl, go on quick!' And still thinking of something to say, Owl flew off. Now then, Pooh, said Christopher Robin, where is your boat? I ought to say, explained Pooh, as they walked down to the shore of the island, that it isn't an ordinary sort of boat. Some it's a boat, and sometimes it's more of an accident. It all depends. Depends on what? on whether I'm on top of it or underneath it. Oh, well, where is it? There, said Pooh, pointing proudly to the floating bear. It wasn't what Christopher Robin expected, and the more he looked at it, the more he thought what a brave and clever bear Pooh was, and the more Christopher Robin thought this, the more Pooh looked modestly down his nose and Tried to pretend he wasn't. But it's too small for the two of us, said Christopher Robin sadly. Three of us with Piglet. That makes it smaller still. Oh, Pooh Bear, what shall we do? and then this bear, Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, F.O.P., friend of Piglet's, said something so clever that Christopher Robin could only look at him with mouth open and eyes staring, wondering if this really was the bear of very little brain whom he had known and loved so long. We might go in your umbrella, said Pooh. Hmm? We might go in your umbrella, said Pooh. Hmm? We might go in your umbrella, said Pooh. Ah! For suddenly Christopher Robin saw that they might. He opened his umbrella and put it point downwards in the water. It floated but wobbled. Pooh got in. He was just beginning to say that it was all right now when he found that it wasn't, so after a short drink, which he really didn't want, he waded back to Christopher Robin. Then they both got in together, and it wobbled no longer. I shall call this boat the Brain of Pooh, said Christopher Robin, and the brain of Pooh set sail forthwith in a southwesterly direction revolving gracefully. You can imagine Piglet's joy when at last the ship came in sight of him. In after years, He liked to think that he had been in very great danger during the terrible flood, but the only danger he had really been in was in the last half hour of his imprisonment, when Owl, who had just flown up, "'sat on a branch of his tree to comfort him "'and told him a very long story about an aunt "'who had once laid a seagull's egg by mistake, "'and the story went on and on, "'rather like this sentence,' Until Piglet, who was listening out of his window without much hope, went to sleep quietly and naturally, slipping slowly out of the window towards the water until he was only hanging on by his toes, at which moment, luckily, a sudden loud squawk from Owl, which was really part of the story, being what his aunt had said, woke Piglet up and just gave him time to jerk himself back into safety and say, how Interesting and ditchy, when, well, you can imagine his joy when at last he saw the good ship Brain of Pooh, Captain C. Robin, first mate P. Bear, coming over the sea to rescue him. And that is really the end of the story. And I am very tired after that last sentence. I think I shall stop there. And that was chapter nine of Winnie the Pooh. In the next and final chapter, Christopher Robin gives Pooh a big party to celebrate his heroic act. But as you know, Pooh often fusses himself by thinking. And as the story goes, he began to think how awful it would be if everybody had forgotten about it and nobody quite knew what the party was for. And the more he thought like this, the more the party got muddled in his mind, like a dream when nothing goes right. And the dream began to sing itself over in his head until it became sort of a song. It was an anxious poo song. Three tears for poo. For who? For poo. Why, what did he do? I thought you knew he saved his friend from a wetting. Three cheers for bear. For where? For bear. He couldn't swim, but he rescued him. He rescued who? All this and do. I'm talking of poo. Of who? Of poo. I'm sorry I keep forgetting. Well, Pooh was a bear of enormous brain, just say it again, of enormous brain, of enormous what? Well, he ate a lot, and I don't know if he could swim or not, but he managed to float on sort of a boat, on sort of a what? Well, sort of a pot. So now let's give him three hearty cheers. So now let's give him three hearty witches. And hope he'll be with us for years and years. And grow in health and wisdom and riches. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. Three cheers for the wonderful Winnie the Pooh. Just somebody tell me. What did he do? But it turned out to be a lovely party with all his friends and presents. It was just the thing to make you happy to read about when you were very young. Now, just imagine that you, who were born in 1920, are now all grown up. The year is now 1943. And you are fighting in a world war in a place very. You might possibly wish you were home with your family and childhood friends who miss you so much. And wondering if they miss you too, because you miss them so much and wish you were home, you might write a poem just as Pooh did when he wanted comfort. And That, in real life, is exactly what a soldier named John Tottle Jr. did. He wrote a poem. So here is this amazing true story and the poem that John Tottle Jr. wrote introduced in the words of his son. During World War II, my father... John W. Tottle, Jr., served in Britain and Belgium. At the war's end, he was commanding a harbor craft company, charged with offloading military supplies at the port of Antwerp during the Nazi bombardment. In 1945, he was promoted to lieutenant colonel and then returned to civilian life. My dad loved the Winnie the Pooh stories. In 1943, while serving overseas, he wrote his own poem about Pooh anxiously awaiting the return from the war zone of a now-grown-up Christopher Robin. He sent the poem to my mother back in Baltimore, Maryland. She, my mother, in an uncharacteristically bold move, sent the poem directly to A.A. A. Milne in England, and surprisingly— received a warm and thoughtful reply from the famous author. In a postscript to the poem, the author adds that his indenting is wrong on the last four lines, and he blames this on the fact that his tent had grown too dark to permit him to see what he was writing. Here is the poem. The War from Pooh Corner by John W. Tottle, Jr. Now we are 24. Christopher Robin is with the British Army in the Apennines, climbing heights more formidable than those he scaled of old and hunting dragons that won't fly away when you snort shoe. We tried that. Even a bear of little brain has lots of things to think about. My once new nose against the pain "'I sit forever looking out. "'Did I hear someone sort of shout, "'or was it only the wind and rain? "'I'll have to wait a while, no doubt. "'He must be on another train. "'There's such a lot I can't explain. "'Can he have gone to see the king? "'If Beetle had got lost again, "'I'd help him hunt like anything. "'Did I hear someone sort of sing?' I thought I did, as plain as plain. But no, the doorbell didn't ring. He must be on another train. Even a bear of little brain could help to frighten dragons too and climb the hills with might and main the way we always used to do. Did I hear someone calling poo and footsteps running up the lane? Oh, well, there's one thing true as true. There has to be another train. And here is the letter from A. A. Milne to Joyce S. Tottle, John W. Tottle, Jr.'s wife. Cotchford Farm, Hartford, Sussex. Dear Mrs. Tottle, Thank you very much for sending me The War from Pooh Corner. From time to time, I get what I suppose I must call fan poems, which make a stronger appeal to my vanity than to any critical faculty which I may have, or, in plainer words, are as execrable as they are kindly meant. Your husband's verses are unique, in my experience, a charming thought, charmingly carried out, and both my wife and I are very much moved by them. My boy left us in August 1942, a lieutenant in the Sappers. His unit went toward Africa by way of India to Iraq across the desert, made the first landing at Salerno, and has been uninterrupted in the time ever since. So he has seen a great deal of the war and the world, and, I'm glad to say, has enjoyed happily all that was enjoyable and complained of nothing that was not. You can imagine how we have been feeling about him, our only child. Well, you will be feeling the same about your only husband. So we can feel for each other and take comfort from the fact that they would not have had it otherwise. There has to be another train. To bring them back to us and soon. Yours very dutifully, A. A. Milne. And again we must thank the family of John Tottle, Jr. for giving us this story and the gracious permission to share it with you. This generosity echoes the dedication to his wife that A. A. Milne put in the very beginning of Winnie the Pooh, so let us end with that beginning. Hand in hand we come, Christopher, Robin, and I, to lay this book in your lap. Say you're surprised. Say you like it. Say it's just what you wanted, because it's yours, because we love you. And that is all for this edition of For the Love of Reading, a special program from Pooh Corner. The material read on this edition of For the Love of Reading was selected, reviewed, edited, and performed by Linda Pack. The program was engineered by Alicia Bales. This program is archived and available on the KZYX For the Love of Reading podcast, on demand with the KZYX phone app, or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And at net, you will find information and links to all of the shows aired on For the Love of Reading. KZYX For the Love of Reading is a production of listener-supported community radio, KZYX and Z, public broadcasting for Mendocino County, California. On our website, kzyx.org, you will find links to all our podcasts, including KZYX Mendocino County Remembered, Oral Histories, read for you by Linda Pack. You can also stream live programming and show your support by clicking the red donate button. This is Linda Pack. Thanks for listening.